Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deliberate Connections, the podcast all about deliberately connecting and the impact it has on our world. I am your host, Christiana Frank, a consultant in education, corporations, and mental health. Today with me, I have Dr. Christopher Bond, who has over 13 years experience as an accomplished senior level executive manager and is currently the superintendent of schools in Raton, New Mexico. Welcome, Dr. Bond. Well, thank you, Christiana, for having me on here today. I'm greatly honored to be here. Thank you. And, you know, um, before we start, because I know we're going to be interviewing you or I'm going to be interviewing you on a white paper that I just really found impactful that you wrote called My Principal Uses the F Word. I'm curious if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, your purpose as a superintendent and as an executive coach. Well, you know, my life is pretty simple. And I think that's the key here is I'm a systems thinker and I try to apply the systems thinking approach to education. And the concept of systems thinking is that the results that you get are exactly what the system was designed to give you. And what I have found through education is we love to go around and blame everybody. We love to blame that parents don't read to their children and teachers aren't good teachers and the internet. And we just love to go around and poke fingers and, and make fun of everything. And I like to look at it from a different approach is that ex- what you're getting in a school system is exactly what the school system or the business system was designed to give you. And so if you can tweak a few little things, you can change the results almost drastically and immediately. And a lot of times it, it, it's better because you're not attacking individuals and you're not placing blame on other people because that doesn't fix problems. Yeah, exactly. And that's when I got really excited about your paper. And so, you know, um, one thing I think is really valid because as I read it and even going through the first chapter, the students aren't lost, we are. And you're talking about the dot-com era. Um, I think it's really valid to, you know, ask the question, did you write this paper before or after we as a, as a world are experiencing COVID? Well, I've been writing this paper because, as you know, I'm a turnaround administrator, so I typically go in and help organizations get back on track. I bring in technology. I improve their instructional practices. I help them uh, with their budget and their finance. And one of the things, as I've been writing this paper, I sat down and journaled, and I've noticed some things that continuously happen over and over again. So to answer your question, I've been writing this paper for the last 14 years um, with many of the experiences, which I mentioned in my in my white paper, the experiences that I've had at various schools. But ironically, as this may sound, they're the same experiences that I've had in every organization that I've had to go in and help get back on track. And so, and it's just sort of fitting that people were saying, you know, you sort of need to finish your white paper and get this information out there to people because, you know, we're also dealing with this a little bit more compounded because of the COVID scare and many of the people that are living in the doom and gloom mentality and not looking at this as an opportunity to um, do some things that we've wanted to do in public education that we just don't often have the time to do, to plan, to, to think about, to meet with our teachers, to buy professional development. I'd also say, I'd take this a step further. This is just exactly what's going on in corporate America. I was just working with some groups up in California. They're having the same exact problems in the private sector and in corporate America because you know, everybody wants to, to follow the doom and gloom mentality. And 
the fun is being lost in the organization. And as fun's being lost, we're losing people's energy. We're losing their motivation. We're losing them as employees. And you know this as an employee, uh, as an employer, it's very expensive and it's very difficult to find quality employees and then to bring them up to speed in the time that we need them so that we can make our organizations as efficient as possible. So I went ahead and finished this because I had the time to do it during COVID and I put my, you know, dotted my I's and crossed my T's. Um, so you're going to see that this wasn't designed for COVID, but a lot of the principles have a lot of meaning during this COVID time and other times that we will be faced with throughout our experiences in education and in corporate America. Exactly. And, you know, um, that's why I'm so excited. I'm so excited about interviewing you on all these chapters because, you know, I come from a place where it is is radically important that I bring engagement and fun. I mean, that's my job to go into locations and, and take what they've created, their system, and then help them engage with it more and connect with it more authentically. And you're speaking to this need in schools in this paper prior to COVID. And it speaks so strongly now that we are dealing with this unique situation. You know, so in this first chapter, the students aren't lost. We are. You're talking about the, the biggest the, the biggest thing for me, which is boredom in the classroom. You know, students not feeling attached or connected to each other or their materials in the public school system. And then what? Well, in a lot, not just the public school system, but you also speak to the boredom and in how the public school system hasn't changed in the last 50 years. So what are some of the things that you can tell our listeners that you have felt important to incorporate to combat this? Well, first of all, I'm just being safe for the sake of, if I said 250 years, schools haven't changed Nobody could wrap their brain around it because we weren't around 250 years ago, and in many cases, 50. So to be safe, I use the terminology 50 years, but the reality of it is is that our school systems were developed on a colonial system of obedience. Um, the McGuffery readers were the first curriculum, and the purpose of that curriculum was to teach children how to read the Bible so they could be more obedient to the Bible. And there was a lot of rehearsing. It was a lot of rope memorization. It was sitting in straight rows and behaving yourself. So it was about compliance mm -hmm. and not mastery. And here we are in 2020, and a lot of our curriculum is wrapped around that same concept. Yes, people will argue we got computers now. We have air conditioning in our buildings. But if you look at our classrooms and you look at grade books today, a lot of what's going on is the same thing that was going on 250 years ago, which is do what I tell you to do, get it done when I tell you to do it, and you'll get an A. And if you don't, you're going to get an F. If I like you, you'll get an A. If I don't like you, and I know there's a lot of people in the organization that right now are listening to this that are offended by this statement, but I can show you the data in a lot of organizations where kids are getting 100%, 99.9, 95% on their assessments and their examinations, but they're failing the class in the grade book because they didn't do a bell work two or three times during a week or because they didn't turn in a coloring activity or they didn't get an assignment done. And I would argue that if the assessment is measuring mastery, then was the other information as important? And we haven't done a good job of educating and teaching our staff how to look at things a little bit differently. And so one of the things that I will say comes with that is boredom. We have children in our schools that are coming to school to do what they're being told, to be obedient, to be compliant. And we're not really focusing on 
mastery and what they're capable and what their abilities are. And so, you know, we've turned kids off and, and, and I don't blame our current education educators. Again, I blame the system because we haven't done a good job in our local universities. We haven't done a good job in our professional development in our schools to change this paradigm and this mental model. And so we're still doing things a lot like we did them when we were in school, because look at you and I are sitting here today successful because we went to the school systems that we went to, but that's not the case for everybody. In fact, far more people were not successful and were just dumped out into society because the economies could absorb them. They could not finish school and get a good paying job at the mines and, and working in sanitation and doing some great things and supporting their families. Those days don't exist anymore. So those kids that would have been out on the street that were disenfranchised are now back in our schools because there's no other place for them and our economies can't absorb them. But we have not done a great job of educating and building the capacity of our staff in our school systems to address this very issue. And therefore, we have a ton of boredom. We have a bunch of kids that are disenfranchised. And guess what? They're shopping. Just like we shop to go buy a cup of coffee. Um, and I talk about this in my book. I, I, I drink Starbucks. But I'll tell you what, I've had a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee and it tastes just as good and McDonald's coffee tastes just as good. But I keep going back to Starbucks and I pay triple the price because they give it to me my way. They treat me as a customer. They make me happy. They put the little leaf in the top of my cream on the top of my, my cafe. And to me, it, I feel like they're giving me that extra touch. And so I believe our school systems and our, our corporate organizations need to look at ways to make sure that people aren't disenfranchised, they're having fun, they're not bored. And I'm just going to tell you, the key word for me is we got to figure out ways to have fun. That is the new F word in our society today. If we're having fun, then we must not be doing a good job. We must not be teaching. We must not have rigor. And I would argue completely the opposite. I love it. I love it because we all know that if you feel good doing something, you're going to want to do it more. And if you don't feel good doing something, you're typically not going to be walking towards it. And so bringing this fun in. So as far as this first chapter, the principal uses the F word written by Dr. Christopher Vaughn. Um, I'm going to be asking you too how folks can get this at the end. But I have one question is if you were to tell another principal, Principal or another superintendent, what is one thing that they could start off with right now today without redeveloping a system from its entirety? But starting off today, what is one thing that they could add into their school day to bring in some more fun or bring in more engagement or more buy-in maybe from the student? Well, and I often get criticized because people will say, oh, so you expect us to do a dog and pony show. You expect us to act. You expect us to put these big, you know, facades on. And the answer to that is absolutely yes. That is the attitude that we sort of have to have. We need to make it fun. We need to make things a little goofy. We, make, we need to make it okay for people to laugh and smile. Um, I, one of the things that I try to do is I always have food at my professional development because there's something about breaking bread and sharing that that really brings caring and nurturing and fun and love into an organization. So I, I, you know, it's simple things. It's really doesn't cost a whole lot of money. It's, you know, I, one of the things I do in my professional development is I put on music and I was even going to br- uh, put a disco light and put a fog machine in uh, to my professional development room because I remember 
in one of my school districts, people would literally run to my professional developments to see what the food was going to be, to see what the theme was going to be. You know, one time I did a 70s day and I dressed up in my little disco outfit from Saturday Night Live and put a wig on. And we had PD and it allowed people to laugh, to smile, to have fun. Because we only think about having fun for kids. And, you know, we're all in education. We talk about pep assemblies and, and those are all great. But what about letting people get outside of the school walls and go experience museums and go see a play and, and engage in art? And look at all the wonderful things. I mean, I have a math teacher that takes kids out in shops and they have to figure out the prices based on bulk and individual. I mean, I think that's the best math lesson and it's teaching real life skills. And kids are getting out of their seats and they're not stuck in those four walls that are white and ugly. They get to get out in society and they get to deal with people and socialize. And so I would argue that it doesn't take a whole lot to bring fun into the organization but bureaucracy and red tape and all the things that you and I talked about before this interview today sort of gets us to start doubting what we should do. And I would say for my principals and my superintendents and my CEOs out there, be risk takers, be trailblazers and, and do it anyways. And when you start having success, nobody's going to criticize you. Now, if it fails, people are going to question you and they're going to criticize, but just don't give them a reason to criticize because I'm telling you when people have fun, and they smile, and they laugh, and they love work, it will never fail an organization. Oh, I love it. Dr. Bond, I have to tell you, it's so great because one, just your words justify why I do what I do with, with my job. And also, you know, trying all the time repetitively to let people know that, you know, we need to laugh, we need to have fun, and then to explain the health benefits and how that helps with neuroplasticity. And I mean, there's just so much more. But for this, you know, we're going to be talking about next week, we're going to be talking about chapter two, re-imaging camp, the campus and some of your ideas on this. But for now, um, I can always upload your paper where someone can get it. Do you have a place where folks can get your paper or do you want me to create that for you? Well, so one of the things is that I was offered several opportunities to publish and I sort of backed off on this because I think this is a paper that educators need to have in their hands now as a tool, as well as corporate executives, because we got to bring the fun back. And I didn't want it to sit, you know, during in an editor and a binding shop and for another year or six months. And then we're not getting this into the hands of people, especially in light of what's going on with COVID. You and I talked about this, you know, so I would love for you to be able to put a link up so people can access. It is a PDF file. I also have it on LinkedIn. I'm currently in the process of developing a website. I've been approached by several people to expand on this concept because as you well are well aware of Christiana Frank, and we've done a lot of work together and I do love the work that you do. There's a reason why I keep bringing you back in and it's because of your fun and engagement, social, emotional, research-based learning um, because I'm a huge advocate of this and there's not a whole lot of people out there doing it and you do such a wonderful job. But I think also the other piece of this is you know, we have to look at all the great things that can happen because sometimes when tragedy happens, it forces us to think outside of the box. It forces us to be trailblazers. It forces us to come up with new ideas. And so though there's a lot of people sitting around doing the pity parties and probably consuming an excess amount of alcohol and, and prescription drugs right now because of COVID, I see this as an opportunity to rebrand ourselves and be trailblazers 
And I really wanted to get this message out because a lot of the people I work with, a lot of my colleagues, a lot of superintendents, a lot of CEOs right now, they just are ready to give up and throw in the towel. And I'm looking at this as this is an opportunity because as I've spoken with you, those of us that are the most accommodating and flexible are going to be the most successful during COVID. And if we choose to do everything the way we've always done it during COVID, we're certain to fail at it because COVID isn't going to allow us to operate the way we've done it in the past. So I, I look at this as an opportunity for us to rebrand ourselves, be trailblazers, and have a whole lot of fun. And, you know, we all certainly can use a lot more laughter in our lives and a lot more fun. And so my encouragement to everybody today, as well as you, Christiana, is go out and have some food and enjoy and talk to friends. And because there's a lot of learning that goes on there too, not just in a textbook. We learn from each other. We learn from experiences. And so please post the article. And as I get my website up and going, I'll put it there, but it's also published on LinkedIn. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me at Dr. Bond Consulting, um, they, they certainly can get a hold of me there and I would be willing to send it out to them in person. Perfect. So for now, I have to just say is one, I'm going to be posting a link right underneath um, this video. Um, and also uh, when your website's up, we'll make sure that connection gets over there as well. I just have to thank you so very much for your positive outlook, your attitude, and then also just your commitment to getting the word out. I know that for myself and I have a team of people that I work with, it has really helped us just stay motivated and passionate. So Dr. Bond, thank you so much for your time. Next week, second chapter, re-imaging the campus. And for now, I'm just wishing everyone a beautiful day. Thank you, have fun, have fun. Yeah, have fun.